Welcome to MM Plays, our podcast where we design, play, and discuss a game and campaign. Along the way, we will alternate episodes between actual play adventures and the analysis and discussion of games and design theories that relate to the campaign we're playing. For this campaign, we'll be using the mechanics of Cortex Prime, designed by Cam Banks. We randomly selected a theme and ended up with swashbuckling high school urban fantasy. So join MM Plays as we explore and enjoy a new campaign. And now for the introduction of our players. My name's Chris Nizak, and I'll be playing Silas Flameworth, son of the Flameworth family with a frozen soul that's not my own. I'm Old Man Logan. I'm playing Henrik Gunny Gunderson, son of the enigmatic Winter Wind and rookie Elemental Mage. My name is Jerry, and I'm playing Santiago Zircon. He is the rebellious and reluctant scion of a powerful magic family. I'm Phil Vecchione, and I will be your GM. Welcome back, and welcome to Story 3. Yeah! Story 3. Booyah! Okay, as usual... For our listeners, I have uh, deployed our safety tools to the table. We have our X card for content editing and removal. We also have the pause, rewind, and fast forward cards from script change. Uh, those have been our standard tools, and we're just going to keep rolling with them. Everybody still good with them? Mm-hmm. I love script change. Yes. Okay, there we go. Uh, next up, let me hand out some plot points to my players. I have taken mine, of course. Tonight's story, I want to give a shout out to Brian and Jim, who provided background questions back when we were first making our characters. And I saw these two questions in the list of questions and was like, yeah, I'm not asking you guys these. I'm making an adventure out of these. Oh, yeah. So I put two of these questions together. They were not written with each other in consideration. They just were two questions that I looked at, did a little pattern matching, and was like, yep, that sounds like a story we could play through. So thank you, Jim, and thank you, Brian. Uh, I think you will recognize your questions in here. I did not take them exactly verbatim, but I took the spirit of both of them, mashed it together. Uh, And you can hear a little bit more about that with the behind the screen for story three that's available on Patreon. Well... When you hear it in like a month and a half after you hear this. So anyway, we should, talking about playing games, let's do it. This story picks up a week after Ike's passing. So are we into like March or April? I think we're firmly into April at this point. Uh, And we'll just match our current April. Our April was pretty mild, not terribly rainy, not terribly cold, just sweatshirt and jeans kind of weather. Your story milestones for tonight are 1 XP when you find a clue. So we're doing an investigation tonight. What? Three XP when you make a meaningful breakthrough. And I know that's subjective, but you just ask or I will tell you that that's worth three XP. And for 10 XP, and this one happens only once, when you find out what happened to Morris last summer. I'll hold off right now from doing some of the background and wait till we get into the session. And then we'll do like a little pause and a little background exposition. Sounds like a good plan. It is Saturday afternoon in April in Buffalo at the Lockwood Academy. It is academic decathlon time, at least for Gunny and Silas. Yeah, let's go. All right, we can do this. T has actually shown up. He's going to be in the audience watching. Okay. T, uh, T, you have a date today, too. You can have your date be the academic decathlon if you like. No, no, no. (laughs) Oh, hell no. is smart enough not to do that gt this is real exciting but fair enough casey would dump you so fast (laughs) maybe not i don't know maybe she likes smart what would your mom think no t is here to support his friends oh that's nice that's what he's here for you're such a nice guy there isn't a ton of people 
in the auditorium at the Lockwood Academy, but there are some. Even if they won't let him, he has snuck in a box of Timbits. Nice. Sure. There's, you're getting side-eyed from a couple of parents, but whatever. You're just doing your thing. From like the, the ready place, I'm like looking at T with the, the Timbits. I'm like, when Silas shrugs, T holds up a Timbit like he's going to throw it. And then Silas shakes his head, no, no, don't do that. That's dumb. He puts it back down again. The Lockwood Academy is a private school in Buffalo. Snooty. It has its own campus. It has grades K through 12 on its campus. And uh, because it is both private and fairly wealthy, it has kind of like the best of the best. It is a high school that has a planetarium. Every building is named after some donor. Not that your gym isn't named after Silas's grandfather, but every building on the Lockwood Academy is named after some donor. And it's known to be pretty snooty all around. And they're your academic rivals. Well, you know, some schools have money. Other schools have talent. Yes. Is Lisa on the warpath? Oh, yeah. This is, as you recall from story two, this is Lisa's main battle. I'm imagining her pacing back and forth doing like a Patton right now. She's like William Wallace. I feel like she's probably got like her hair done up and she's dressed really nice because that's her war paint. Yes. I'm going to look so good that I'm going to intimidate all of the other kids. Her hair is pulled back like dangerously tight. (laughs) You swear that it would have to hurt to have your hair in a ponytail that tight, but she's making it work. You are actually the three of you plus uh, another teammate are seated at a table. There is a moderator in the middle, and then there is another group of students from Lockwood at another table. What was that kid's name? Arlo. Arlo. Yeah, the four of you were up there. So the format up to this point has been that uh, the moderator, who uh, Dr. Welch from the Lockwood Academy, she's one of the chemistry teachers, she asks a question. Both teams click in. The first one to click in gets to respond. There's a bonus question for an additional point. After about an hour, it's very close. Creekside is leading by two points. And we enter the lightning round. Everybody, Mark, when you would do something a normal high school student would do, that's one experience point. Okay, in the lightning round, students line up with one of their counterparts standing with them. And they go up in front of Dr. Welsh in pairs. Dr. Welsh asks a question. The first one to answer gets a point, And then the follow-up question to score an additional point. So Lisa goes and scores her point. Now, Gunny, you are up and you are facing Derek Singleton from the Lockwood Academy. Do you know Derek? I don't believe I am familiar with Derek. Okay. Derek doesn't seem to know you either. Like the two, he seems nice enough. Like when you guys line up, he shakes hands with you and, uh, you know, best of luck kind of thing. Good luck. And uh, we'll just do this as a simple test. 2d8 to represent Derek. Clearly, this is going to be school, so that'd be a d10. And this will be geek, another d10. Because a lot of these academic things, I'm trying to make my mom proud and not let her down. So we will be using, I can't disappoint my mom. At some point, Gunny's going to have to go to therapy and fix that distinction. Yes. Yes, I will. Oh... I have rolled a three and a one. It is bad for Derek. I own this chump. (laughs) I rolled three fours. So that would be an eight. That's enough. Uh, Your eight beats the three by five. So that is a heroic success. You get both the question and the bonus question. You pick up two points for your round. I lean over to Arlo. I'm like, I told you we had it. Told you we had it. Arlo's like, my hands are really sweaty. Oh, you'll be fine, Arlo. 
They'll get yours. Did you not remember the talc? I told you to bring talc. Gani, gani. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, again, some parents are like looking over at you. Like, I feel like he's like the Kurgan in the church. <laughs> he's throwing the horns. Happy Halloween, ladies. <laughs> this is me. Every parent in the audience, like, what is he doing? This is not. This isn't a rowdy event. This is like very subdued. Freaking Creekside. Creekside trash. I look. I look over at one. I'm like, some of us are proud of our fellow classmates. They just give you dirty looks. So Arlo goes up. Arlo loses his point to Lockwood, but only one point. Lockwood student fails to get the next one. It's okay, Arlo. We'll get it back for you. You are paired up with your opponent from Lockwood, Lowell. So Lowell, and we'll get ready to hit our sidebar here. Uh, Lowell Thornton is a student who attends Lockwood Academy. How, Silas, do you know Lowell? Uh, I know Lowell because one of my very good friends growing up, Morris, died at a party at his place where he turned up in the pool drowned. Yes. So Morris Nash was also a student at Lockwood Academy. And last summer he died at the Thornton's pool when Lowell threw a party that got out of hand. Yeah. And I believe that both T and Gunny also know Lowell. I believe Gunny, you knew him in elementary school. I believe that is correct. T, how did you, uh, how do you know Lowell? I knew Lowell because we were in an elementary school before he ended up going off to Lockwood. We were together at Creekside before his parents got bigger money and moved him away. He was kind of cool because he wasn't, he wasn't magical at the time. He's, as far as you know, not correct. magical now. Correct. So you, nor were you magical at the time. No. Yeah. Lowell's parents are attorneys and they uh, are pretty wealthy. They also, as attorneys, whatever happened to Morris, all of that kind of uh, taken care of quietly. I do not like Lowell. So you are standing next to Lowell. I think Lowell also knows that you don't like him. Mm-hmm. So when you two step up, unlike the camaraderie that's already occurred, like Lowell looks at you and then just kind of looks down. Oh, I put my hand out to shake his hand. He'll shake your hand. He's a little thrown off by it, but... When he shakes my hand, it gets a little bit frigid. Okay. Just a little bit of a chill. That's fair enough. As I look at him with very cold eyes. So as you guys are waiting for Arlo to finish his round, Lowell reaches into his pocket, takes out a little tin of Altoids opens it up, takes an Altoid, pops it in his mouth, uh, and clearly bites down on it. When he does, there is a noticeable strain in the shroud as he puts the tin back in his pocket. So I'm actually going to just go ahead and mark that as a D8. Did I just feel... T will catch Gunny's eye and like, and, and nod his head up and down like, yes, something weird just happened. My eyes narrow at Lowell. Lowell is focused straight ahead. Like when he bites it, he never turns back to look at you, but he bites it. He gets a slight smile on his face and the two of you step up to answer your question. Go ahead and assemble your die pool. But before you name yours, Lowell uses a D8 distinction and 2D12 <coughs> cheater to represent both his affiliation and uh, geek. Well, I'm going to use D10 geek. I'm going to use D8 school. I'm going to use my distinction learned in spite of being talentless at D8. And then I'm going to spend this plot point to double my geek die in any die pool where I'm using geek. Oh man, are you looking? He's looking to put Lowell in the ground. Just a bit. <laughs> also, I would like to add 
a D6 from my relationship with Lisa to say that she has been drilling us super hard. I think that's fair. All right. Lisa has been fairly relentless. Very. And to flashback real quick, as soon as we walked in to this place and I saw Lowell Thurston over there, I turned to Lisa. I'm like, no, you're right. This is war. We're going to kill them. She looks at you and she's like, thank you. Finally. Thank you for understanding. All right. You set... Fucking 11. Get out of here with that garbage. That's a 19. You suck. I don't even have any plot points to roll. (laughs) I don't know if I can beat this. I gotta roll a 20 on 2d10. You can do it. Finally had a plot point. Now I only got a 15. And I got two ones to go along with that. I definitely want those ones. I'll grab them in a second. So did he... I have a 19. He beat him by four. Okay, so he gets a point. You will still win this match. Your team's gonna win the match. You have uh, plenty of points. But he does take that point from you, but fails to get the secondary point. If he looks up at me, I I look into his eyes and I mouth at him. I know you cheated. I don't say it out loud. I just mouth it. He looks at you. And then I look at the Altoid tin. Looks at you and he shakes his head and walks back to his side of the stage. And the match is called Creekside Wins. And yeah, Creekside. Everything kind of I'll just I'm going to hard cut to the parking lot afterwards so you're out in the parking lot and you see lowell getting into his tesla gift from his parents all of a sudden he doesn't like this guy anymore these two gunny and silas come walking out with the rest of the team arlo and lisa and lisa's pretty pumped pumped enough that she's pulled out her ponytail like let her hair down she's high-fiving you guys as finally i was beginning to wonder if your eyes were gonna pop out you had that ponytail so tight She's like, come on. She's like, it wasn't that tight. It's tight. She's like, you did a good job today. Nice job. She's like, all of you, you, you all did well. Thank you. This meant a lot to me. I know I'm a pain in the ass about winning, but when it comes to beating Lockwood, it's especially personal. I get it. Little side note here. And this is not character knowledge, but just Lisa did not get into Lockwood. Oh. So Lisa does not like Lockwood. I would ask her, but I'm too busy thinking about what happened. Yes. Well, with that, Lisa and Arlo kind of drift off, heading towards their parents, and the three of you are hanging out. T is already next to his Nissan with the door open, watching, waiting, waiting to see if this boy takes off. He totally just leaves. Oh, then T will get in and follow. Are you not waiting for these two? You're just going to blow off your date? Later. She's not here. All right, T leaves. You guys are in the parking lot. You see T, like, leave after Lowell. And you two are just standing in the parking lot. I wonder if that's a good idea. Which part? Him following Lowell. I mean, what could happen? I don't know. He's clearly a cheater. <laughs> oh, sure. I'd like to hit the pause button. Uh, I would like to purchase those two ones you had. Give me that D8. <clears throat> and I'm going to give you D8 Rage at Lowell. Yeah, I love it. You are not happy with Lowell. I wanted to write something like, despite all my rage... I want Lowell in a cage. Like, (laughs) I just didn't. Despite all my rage, I want Lowell in a cage. It seems like not despite, though, right? Like, (laughs) I've purchased the D8. It is clouding your judgment. Can I I redo what I just did then? I would like to rewind now that we have that on the table. Yeah, go ahead. Rewind. When T is, like, getting in his car and driving away, I start running after him like, wait for me. What are you doing? T would stop for him. If you guys are moving toward the car, he'll wait. He's He's in a Tesla. We're in a Nissan. We'll catch him. Okay, uh, I guess we're going to go after him. Let's do it. Yeah, we're going to go after him. we got to get that asshole. All, all right. 
I hop in the car. There will be getting today, apparently. Gun it. We're going to follow him. Over emotional teenager? Yes. By the way, we got to wrap this up in two hours. I got a date. Well, you better drive fast then. He's in a Tesla. I can drive faster than Okay. That. Go. Right, here's what we're going to do. T, you keep your eyes on Lowell. Mm-hmm. Silas. Yeah? You look left. I look right. We see anybody coming. We see stop signs. We see red lights. We call him out to T. T drives. Sounds good. All right. So at this point, I got to ask as the GM here, what's your intent? I just want to see where he goes. Does he go home or does he go somewhere else? Okay. So just want to make sure just make sure what role we're going for oh, we're, here. We're, we're not like, running him off the road or anything. We just want to see where he goes. <laughs> sure. If I can get him alone, I'm going to assault him and take his Altoid tin. I'm not telling them that. T is suspicious and T is trying to be more active in mending the shroud. So this tore the shroud. This is something that's one of T's motivations. He wants to figure out what's going on. So to be clear, it's strained. Strained it, yes. Yeah, the shroud held. Right. But it flexed for a moment. Is that gone then? Yeah, yeah. No longer relevant. I'll take it off the table. I'm going to have you guys make a roll in a second to basically not spook Lowell. But in the meantime, if you'd like to have a chat in the car and I will uh, then I will then cut over to uh, T for a roll. What kind of rich tool has to cheat on an academic decathlon? Really? That's the thing that you're going to ask? I mean, me being... You, your family are rich. They're not tools. I mean, this guy's a rich tool. I'm just mad, okay? I get it. Guys, this is the second school group that we've met in two weeks that is attempting to use Veil abilities to help them win something. The legends came. Remember, they were after Ike because they said we were going to win. We were going to win the next game. They wanted all the magic from Ike. Here's another person with some sort of magical artifact using it in an academic setting. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I get that, but we need to stop this this guy, this 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 fucking asshole. 100. percent We're just got to catch the guy. I don't know how. I don't know how mad Silas is. I've never seen him lose his temper like this before. So, I'm like, Silas, are you okay over there? Yeah, I'm fine. Why? Okay, good. Just catch him so I can beat him. As GM, I will also say that that trait that's on the table is attackable. Oh, I'm totally going to try and talk him down. Look, dude, I get it. Get what? You're you're super pissed at him. Yeah. Right? But just pulling him over on the side of the road and beating him up is not the way to go. He's directly in violation of the Veil policies. I'm taking that tin. He can either give it up freely or I can take it from him. I just don't want you to do something that you might regret later. We don't have to do it publicly. No, I'm not going to, but if he's not around people, he's getting it. Or he's going to give me that tin. Do you want to make a roll on that? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll take a shot at it. Silas, I feel like you are the one who needs to kind of roll off against this uh, against this trait. I think what is being missed here is that Silas is uncontrollably angry about something that he shouldn't be uncontrollably angry about. And there's probably a deeper reason, but I don't know if you two would think to ask like what's actually going on or probing deeper. No, that feels like a that feels like an appropriate like dude. I get he cheated. He he broke the veil. He he went against the veil. You just seem like you're overly focused on it's this. It's not about the veil. I mean, it's about the veil, but it's not about the veil. He got my friend killed. Uh, it's about Morris. Then I just look out the window and don't say anything. You think something actually went on? His party. He didn't take care of the situation. Somebody died, and his parents covered it up. Uh, his parents definitely have the money to make sure that it didn't get a lot of press, that's for sure. My dad was like, I'm not doing anything about it. It has nothing to do with magic. Well, that's... Correct and proper, but still, 
And then I'm done. I don't say anything else. Yeah, T says nothing. He's very specifically not saying what he's thinking. He's just driving forward. Um, feel free to attack the rage at Lowell at this point. I've been just kind of like reasoning with you. So uh, I think this is going to be... It could be either school or Vale. Mostly school probably though. This is a real world problem. Yeah, we'll go school. That's a 10. Probably performer. That's six. I mean, you could also reason a geek if you're trying to actually logically think it, talk him down, as opposed to emotionally talk him down. What role do you think this is for me? Yeah, that's a good question. It's probably performer or popular, right? This has to do with my emotions, and my emotions are all out of whack. It could be popular because he's your he was yeah, your friend. There you go. Thank you. Good idea. I got three d eight. I'm rolling with um with school, which is d eight, popular, which is d eight, and uh, son of the flameworth because I'm angry. Oh yeah, then the eight d eight for the rage. There you go. Those are my four dice. I'll set. It seems like I'm the one that has to set. Yep. I got an 11 with 1-1. One, one. Shouldn't the opponent be getting the 8 for the rage? No, he's angry. He's going to stay angry. He doesn't want to be calm. I'm assuming, right, Chris? Correct. Yeah. yeah. I know I'm supposed to use a distinction, but honestly, none of the distinctions that I have make any sense in this particular instance. Wouldn't your mom be proud of you if you actually managed to talk a friend down? Okay, that makes there you sense. Go. You got to think broad, man. Yeah, man, I can, I can pretty much work any <laughs> distinction into anything because that's how this game works. That actually makes sense. Could have done the winter thing, like chill out, yeah, man. Yeah, chill out, man. Yeah. I think that's about all I got there, so I'll take those three dice. Well, I rolled a one, and I got a 12. That's better than my 11. What's your effect die? Four. So that goes down to a d6, then. You talk some sense into him. I rolled a one, Phil. You want to buy it? I really want to bend the rules for a second. Yeah? Can I buy both of your ones and put them together? For what? Oh, I, I want to put a little rift between the two of you. Sure. Absolutely. I'm fine with that. Here, have your points... I'm just going to create a D8 little tension. That's fair. Like he's trying to talk you down and he's making sense, but you're pissed because he's making sense. Dude, I don't care that you're right, Gunny. Screw you. Dude, I'm just, I get it. Fuck off. It's none of your business. That's the way you want to go. That's the way you want to go. That's. We're going to let that just play out right now. There's just a little <laughs> tension. I love it. T's just driving in the front, like in the front, paying tension. Meanwhile, we're supposed to be looking out for him while he drives, and we're not. No, we're not <laughs> helping at all. The one thing T is not going to mention is that this is the second friend of T of Silas's that's gone missing in a year that he's had to deal with traumatically. Yeah, <laughs> T's not. T's not bringing. He like he's like ah, just keeps driving. <laughs> nope. Not there's like, a whole lot of stuff going on yeah, there. Yeah, Silas like, has not had an easy life right now. Like it's been it's been a rough couple of years. Silas is a ball of emotion. Yeah. It's fun to play. Stakes here, T, are can you follow Lowell without spooking him? I have my pool, which is gonna be a D eight and two D twelve. Go ahead and assemble yourself a roll. Well, he's gonna have a D eight for school. He's gonna have a D eight for not just a huge dumb guy. If your veil is higher than school, it is not. I would accept school or veil vale for this in the function. Even though veil vale is what he wants to be doing more of, he deliberately didn't do much with veil vale once he got his powers until recently. So it's a little. I'm going to let you use school only because this is driving. Like you're trying to drive around here. If you were doing this any other way, I think I might push you into veil. Vale, but right now you're just trying to drive your car without being suspicious. How are you driving? Are you smart? He's not a smart driver. He's probably jocking this around. Yeah, I mean, do you have good reflexes? Yeah, like, well, he's got very good reflexes. Jocking this around, we find. Jesus, what do we got? What the? here? Give me that eleven. You can have this die instead. Like, <laughs> was it twenty-three? Give me the ten too. It's twenty-one. 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 Jeez, I actually can't beat that. There is no way I can beat that. Not if you add a plot point and you roll three three eights. 
Um, I might. I'll see what happens. I have to. I have to do it after Still I still got a roll. You can yeah. do it. So we got a seventeen. I can get a twenty-two if I spend a plot point. There you go. There you go. All our plot points are being eaten up right off the bat. I love it. I just got to. So. Yeah. You managed to follow him without him figuring it out, which let me tell you was a pretty tough task. While that's going on, while he's driving, we're like, fuck you, I did you. Gunny's being all like calm and <laughs> trying to be calm and yeah. getting more agitated by the moment. Yeah, like, that's why it was so difficult to follow him cautiously is that there were several times that I had to watch for like oncoming traffic because, you know, Silas wasn't watching the left side of the car. And, uh, <laughs> oh, you know why it became difficult? Because the windows started to fog up because it's getting cold in here. From both of us, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah, which one of you assholes is responsible for it? <laughs> both yes. of us. Yes. <laughs> and to put on the defrogger. I hit the window down. I see nothing. I just lower all the windows in the car. <laughs> Turn on the defroster in the middle of April. Jerks. See your breath while you're driving. It's unfortunate. We actually have become probably pretty good friends in the, in the past like month. Mm-hmm. Friends have these moments. Yeah. Lowell heads back to his house. He actually lives close to you. He lives near the park. In Delaware. He lives not on Mansion Row, but that neighborhood that's just like a block or two behind that that you don't actually see from the street. He lives there and he lives like in a pretty nice house. It's got a three car garage and he zooms right up. The garage opens and he pulls right in the garage door closes as you guys go rolling by. But he definitely went home. We can't mess with this dude at his house. I'm just seething, looking, because I agree. T sits there, he says, we shouldn't mess with this guy at his house. And then he just keeps driving. Like past? Yeah. He's still slightly punk. Kant isn't quite there yet. Is this something that is worthy of an investigation from higher up? Or do you think your dad would just dismiss it? I'm going to pause. The assumption is, like, you can handle this. If there's something bigger, you should definitely go... No, this is our job. This is what we should be doing. No, you're right. That way we don't have to concern the higher-ups that are all hoity-toity and way more powerful than us with their dealing with trolls and fairies and other magical mischief. He's going to drive around one more time and uh, park on the other side of the road so that we can all stare at the house for a few minutes. You guys are like ice and wind and water and stuff like that and fire, right? Ice and wind well, and cold. Uh, not fire. Well, sometimes fire. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't been able to find any of that fire in the, in the past week. Sure. T uh, looks at the house, though. We might be able to come back late tonight. Remember, they don't have what we have. Yeah, but we can't just break and enter, though. I mean, we can if we don't get caught. That's the key. Are we good enough to do this without getting caught? That's a really good question. Is this a big enough threat to the veil to make it risk getting caught? I don't know, but we should still look into it. I mean, that's this. or We find a way to get into Lockwood Academy at some point and get it from him there. Or catch him someplace out and hope that he's got it with him. You're the senior guy. Tell us what to do. Hmm. You guys are the brains. No, you're in charge. You've been doing this longer than us. We table, we come up with a plan, and then we come back when we have a plan. We don't go off half-cocked. Okay, what's the plan? I don't know. We have to come up with a plan. Did, did, you, did you forget step one, which is come up with a plan? So we sneak in and steal the box of Altoids? Assuming he doesn't have them on him. Sure, later tonight. We sneak in and take him out of the house and steal the box of Altoids? Ooh, can we get him out of the house for some reason? I mean, we could easily get him out of the house if Silas is standing on his front lawn calling him out. I mean, he might not come out then. GM interjecting here. You can, from sitting across the street, see that, like, they've got a ring camera yeah. on the front door. Sure. There's a camera by the the garage. Well, like, I assume that. What does he do? We should find out what he does. Let's go troll his Facebook and such. There you go. Let's find out what he's up to. Isn't somebody friends with him? We can find somebody. That, there's got to be somebody that's friends with him. I used to be friends with them. That was a long time ago. That might work. All right. That's, 
I think that's probably step yeah, one for the he plan. Didn't unfollow you. Yeah. Let's go find out. Let's go find out stuff about him so that we can track him down when he's not in the house. Do we know an electrical mage? We know a whole bunch of mages. Uh, Archie, right? Oh yeah, Archie. We know Archie. Let's go find Archie. Yeah, just in case we have to do something about those those cameras, and maybe just have him hack the internet. Also, that too. Crap! What time is it? You got a date, and I got a. I, I got a date in an hour. I got to yeah. work. I'll drop you off at your place. You get. You try to get a hold of Archie. I'll drop you off at your no, mom's it's place. It's fine. I hop out of the car. I'll get a. I'll get an Uber. I know you guys got things to do. We can still plan this for later. Well, yeah, I said you guys got things to do. Don't worry, I'm not going to do anything. We have a plan. All right, we'll catch up with you, Silas. Have a timbit. I don't want it. It's bad for you. You you need some energy. You've been sweating it off. I had some orange slices after the decathlon. All right, gimme. Oh yeah. The opinions of Silas are not the opinions of misdirected Mark broadcasting. We love Timbits. We love Timbits. If you wanted to sponsor us, Tim. Yes. Actually, Timbits are my favorite thing at Tim Hortons. So we know you've made it to Ohio. You could sponsor our show. Yes. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) As I sip this wonderful Tim Hortons coffee. Mm, Delicious Canadian coffee as well. Scatter you guys for a moment. Silas, is it true? Do you grab an Uber and go home? I don't know, I should probably roll roll this rage thing, huh? I'm not gonna make you roll. You tell me. Like, it's a D6. Like, it's not ruling your universe, but you're still pretty pissed about it. I'm gonna stare at this house for a second. I'm gonna stare a little harder. And then I'm gonna go home with slight flickers of flame in my eyes. I love it. I'm gonna come back to you. Yeah, I figured. It's fine. I have a little thing that I want to drop in, and I think this is the perfect place to drop it in. So I'll come back to you. Sounds good. Cool. Let's cut over and see Gunny real quick. You get dropped off at home. Your mom is working downstairs in the grocery store. Yep. You just take over for her, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm not late, right? I'm, no, you're okay, fine. Good. How was how was the decathlon? Oh, we won. Oh, congratulations. She gives you a big smacked them around. I'm so proud of you. Like, did you do well? Yeah. I mean, I felt like I did pretty good. I mean, you won. You got two points in the landing round. Yeah. yeah. She gives you a big hug and she's like, okay, keep an eye on the register. And uh, here are a couple things that, you know, need to be unpacked. I'm going to go up and take a nap and then i'll start dinner and then we can come down and close up before dinner okay sounds good let's cut over to t t where are we we're at the buffalo botanical gardens oh how lovely what a nice location it's a good place for a date you can walk around you can talk Mm -hmm. you can you have things to look at and things to talk about so that if the conversation gets a little weird you have something to change topics to and there's plenty of places to kind of scuttle away where you can have some privacy yeah it's also full of dirt it is also full of dirt. <laughs> oh, and um, some flowers and plants. Yeah, too. well, it's very earthy, right? Yes, that's so also it's, true. It's a very thoughtful location. The thoughtful part was accidental. Yes, but it works in T's favor. Like, it's okay. <laughs> T doesn't plan that far ahead. Yeah, that's what Casey's telling you, right? Casey's like, oh, this is great. She's like, I love it. I love plants. And she's going on about it. You and Casey are walking through, talking about life in general. What are you talking to her about? He'll be asking her, like, you know, what'd you do this week? What'd you do this weekend? Well, I'm not all that intellectual. My friends uh, were in the decathlon today, and they beat out the Lockwood Academy, which was kind of neat to watch. She kind of laughs, and she's like, no, that's cool. I mean, I don't think I could do an academic decathlon kind of thing. Like, I'm not sure it's my thing either, but my friends were there. So you got you to gotta support your friends. Oh, no, no. I, I think that's awesome. No, I'm 100% for supporting friends. I have trouble spelling decathlon some days, so it's okay. She's like, I'm not a bad speller. I'm more terrible at math. Can you believe I, I got a C minus in geology? I'm a literal earth elemental. I got a C minus in geology. It's kind of embarrassing. It's kind of not our thing, though. I mean, 
let's face it, what they teach in earth science in school has nothing to do with actual like earth science. So. I have an uncle who's half a mountain and I barely <laughs> passed that class. I'll find some some rock sitting by the side of the side and I'll say, you know, well that's nice. We shouldn't take it for granted. Oh no. Now you sound like my dad. My dad <laughs> makes those rock jokes all the time. And that's the only one I've got. You gotta work with what you're strong at. Every now and then while she's talking to you, she like like she takes out her phone, looks at it for a second, like stuffs it back in her pocket. Just enough that you're starting to notice it. She's doing a very good job of paying attention to you, but her phone, it's blowing up as she's talking to you. He looks at her, he's like, is everything okay? Oh, I'm sorry. And she like takes out her phone for a second. She's like, it's my guild for Call of Violence. They're all over the place. They're all hyped up and excited. Well, since they got rid of the nunchuck launcher, it's been a lot tougher to take out the tower levels, so... Do you play Call of Violence? Oh, we have a whole guild. Oh. He'll pull out his phone and show his things. I'm trying to save up enough points to get the chainsaw launchers also. She's like, you mean like this one? Custom colored with pink and Hello Kitty? <laughs> Just like that? That's the one. She's like, yeah, this is my guild. Uh, they're, 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 they're called the Worm Riders. W-Y-R-M. Worm Riders. They're super chatty. Like, they're really cool. Like, it's a really cool guild. Mm -hmm. No shit for being a girl or anything. That's good. I just got hooked up with them after the new version dropped. I wasn't playing for a while. And then when the new version came out a couple weeks ago, I, I couldn't resist. I bought it and I was like immediately hooked and I found those guys. But the cool part is, and she lowers her voice a little. She's like, I think some of them are, are magical. No one's come out and said anything in the chats, but some of the chats, like some, some of the posts and stuff just make me think that some of them are also magical. So I'm, I'm trying to kind of suss out who might be. We do what we do in, in our groups, which is uh, you drop half a catchphrase in privately, not to the whole group and see if somebody says something back to you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I should do that. Like I said, I'm just, I'm fairly certain there are a few of them uh, who are. What about, what about your guild? Like is your guild? As far as I know, I'm the only magical one in there. We had a, we had a bit when, when, when my powers manifested, as I told you before, I kind of made a mess of things with my friends and we're on better terms now, but it took a while to get back. And actually call of violence is kind of what gave us all something to talk about and kind of link back up again. But our group doesn't, I mean, I can't talk to any of them about this and about you know, what the rest of this means. Right. I mean, luckily I've got the new members of my guild to talk to about this. Uh, that's two of them were at the decathlon today. Oh, so yeah, well, that's cool. We're always on, you know, we're always watching for stuff and I'll tell her a little bit about the thing with Ike. She's really interested in hearing about that. She's like, I remember when my great uncle passed his essence over. I was too young to really appreciate the ritual. I do remember it being kind of a special moment. So I think that's great. I'll have to show you sometime. We, uh, one of his, his past partners was there. And once he passed, uh, they allowed us to take part of him as a remembrance. Yeah, the collection of rocks. Yeah, so I've got one, I've got one sitting on my dresser at home. Yeah, we have a rock in our garden from my great uncle. That's even better. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. A whole mountain, though. That, that's huge. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, he was, he was a big guy. Big rocky troll. Fun. Really fun when I was a little. Does your guardian group go out and run around exploring stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's we cool. we actually fought a cluster of goblins in uh, Burgeon Swamp. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were just hanging out there. I mean, they, they were just menacing uh, people passing by. All right, so that, that conversation continues. Like, mm -hmm. you guys are having, like, a nice, like, you guys are having a really nice time. I'm going to cut back to Silas. So Silas, you're waiting for your Uber. Okay. Right? Like an Uber driver will be here in a few minutes kind of thing. Sure thing. Okay. So while you're standing there, it's a little chilly out, but it's not really bothering you. A white BMW pulls up and just stops. 
You already know the car. You've seen it. The driver's side door opens. A woman, middle-aged, in a white pantsuit with a light blue blouse steps out. Hello, Mr. Verbotten. And she looks at you and she's like, hello, Silas. And she comes around the car and she's like an older looking version of, of Messame. Yeah, huh? Her hair shorter. It's like ear length where Messame's was longer. And she is Messame without any of the joy. She's like Messame if you just filled her up with ice water. She comes around and stops like at the front of the car, reasonably far from you. We have not had a chance to talk since my daughter went missing. No, we haven't. According to your father, I should not be talking to you at all. Why is that? She laughs because he warned me not to. I didn't tell him to do that. Of course you didn't. We don't have to tell him about this chat, do we? Not at all. Good. What do you want? (laughs) I want to know what you know. Do you know what happened to her? No, what do you know? Because I've been looking into it too. I know that she went out that night, but she didn't go to see you. I know that you have manifested some sort of frost sword. I have. I can tell you something that she told me a a day or two before. What's that? She said something about a person with a sword that had a golden hilt with blue gems. You know what that means? I don't, other than that person must have been magical. I'll assume not everybody else is carrying swords, just somebody from our community. I assume so too. Do you have her sword? No, I have my own sword. I'm like, we need to go somewhere where I'm not going to mess with the shroud to pull it out. She closes her eyes for a second. It's reasonably clear. Show me. I will pull out the sword. It's, it looks sort of like Mesame's, but it's not. Yes, and it is frost and ice, and so she is not dead. Why do you say that? Why are you trying to hide things from me? Why would you say that I'm hiding things from you? Because I have been on this planet far longer than you have. Yeah, thousands of years. Yes, and you're trying desperately to tell me something, but not tell me everything. What are you afraid of? Is it me? I'm not going to harm you. Do I believe her? Do you? I don't know. I'm asking you, like, how would I, uh, how would I know? I think the question you want to ask is, is she lying? Not do I believe her? I can't tell you what you think. Do you want to see if she's lying? That's what I mean. Yeah. I think if you would like to make a... Chris doesn't know Erlis, but Silas probably does. Silas knows. Um, probably had dinner with her before. Probably, probably been I mean, she's her scary as fuck. Of course right? she is. <laughs> I've heard the stories where she snaps her fingers and people get frozen solid. Yes. Like, she is definitely intimidating. I think you are reasonable to be concerned about talking to her. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any knowledge of, like, is she manipulative, lying, or anything else? Well, I do have a relationship with her. That's why I said this. And it's not insubstantial. It's a D8. I mean, I'll be happy to roll for it. I just need to know what I need to roll. No, I think you're comfortable enough. If you have a D8 relationship with her, it's fairly significant. You believe she's telling the truth. Okay. In that case, then what I say is, one, if I tell you anything... You could turn me into an ice block and just disappear me. I know you've done it before, according to your daughter. Two, I don't want to start a war between the Flameworth family and the Fervaten family. I think your second concern is probably the more reasonable one. <laughs> I actually laugh when she says that. I'm like, my life is the, the less concerning thing. No, you are holding part of her essence. I am not going to kill you. Okay. I am holding part of her essence. She came to me, she was falling apart, she shoved her sword into my chest, and I got this. I wasn't magical before that. I didn't think I ever would be. I'm not afraid to lose this magic. I just want to save her. 
Somebody with a golden hilt with blue gems stabbed her and took part of her essence. Now, I feel like we're making progress. And she steps a little closer. She's like, I put the sword away. Before you do, she grabs your wrist, not in a threatening kind of way. Mm -hmm. Wait. And she puts her hand against the blade and closes her eyes for a second. A single tear wells up in the corner of her eye. It doesn't even fall. It just wells up in the corner of her eye. And she opens and kind of blinks her eyes for a second to kind of cast it away. I've been doing that a lot lately too. I get it. She takes a step back. By the way, for the first time in like weeks, aside from when I actually break down, like I just look tired. My shoulders slump. Now I'm just exhausted. So she takes a step back and she looks at you and she's like, so you don't know who did this to her? I'm trying to find out. I want my daughter restored and I think you do too. Yeah. I want you to find out who's responsible. I mean, I appreciate any help. That's the only clue that I got is golden hilt, blue gems. I want you to find out and then I want you to destroy that person. And if you don't think you can destroy them, then I want you to bring them to me. We both love her and some veil punishment is not enough the pain that this has brought on the two of us. I mean, they'd probably execute the person anyway. This is taboo. Yes, but the veil tends to be very humane about those things. I am not. I actually take a step back and I'm like, I'm not going to let you subvert the laws. We'll get her back. We'll do it the right way. Just find my daughter and find out who did this to her. And then don't even think about what happens next. I think not. Don't make this a rift between the two of us. I'm not going to do the wrong thing. And you're pretty sure at this point as you're like, as those last I'm words, shivering, by the way, as, as I'm those saying la- this, yeah, those last words that come out of your mouth, like you can see your breath, yep. right? And she looks taller. She looks like darker. Yeah. This is me very scared doing this, like standing up for what I believe in. She looks at you and she's like, I'm going to respect your convictions for now. Okay. I don't mean to give offense. We'll stop whoever did this and I'll get your daughter back. You are, without a doubt, a Flamesworth. But I am a mother and I will have my vengeance. And she gets in the car and leaves. It's fucking stupid. Sucks. Fucking. It's my goddamn Uber. Thank you for joining us for Misdirected Mark Plays. Now let's do some Patreon shoutouts to thank those wonderful patrons who support our show. Let's start with the Royal Court. Ty Prunty, also known as Lord Timemonger, Lars Henrik Evjan, the Lord Out of Time, Jim, the Royal Merchant Emeritus, Chromatic Chameleon, the Queen's Spy Mistress, Schmitty, the Keeper of the Labyrinth, Andrew Dacey, the Warden of Whiskies, Andy Olson, the Duke of Dice, John Carney, the Court Necromancer, Craig, the Lord of One Name, Tiberius Starcrash Smith, the Baron of Britannia, Kevin Lovecraft, the Royal Beard, and J.T. Evans, the Queen's Librarian. Other patrons are Chris Constantine, Miko Froelich, Eric Simon, Fiona, Not That Billy Mitchell, Huxley, Kathleen Halperin, Christopher Gamelk, Michael Beck Esperum, Joseph Knoll, Carlos, Heptilemma, Michael Draper, Kubanu, Alice Kira, Jim Fitzpatrick, Brantley Harris, Steve Radabaugh, Rory McLeod, Ninjabi, Joseph Peralta, Brian Kurtz, My Brett, not my Brett, but someone's Brett, Chris Steele, Jared Rasher, Eileen Barnes, and Brandon Barnes. If you'd like more content like this, you can find it on our website at misdirectedmark.com. Want some more? Go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash MMP. There's a bunch of bonus episodes, there's our after show, 
the Bamboo Lounge podcast, our MM Plays game stuff, like our setting for the this game, The Children of the Shroud, my game development notes for the Lamplighter system are on there, our character sheets are on there, our mod stuff is on there, all sorts of stuff is on there, and you get access to our Slack room. And that's important because that's the best way to get a hold of us. But if you don't want to get a hold of us that way, you can reach us using email, mmp at misdirectedmark.com. You can also use Twitter. The best place is at misdirectedmark. Now, we have some other shows on this network. We have Pandas Talking Games, The Gnomecast, Bonus Experience, and Thaka with Advantage. Let's dig a little deeper into one of those shows. The Gnomecast. Several gnomes from Gnomes 2 get together to talk about gaming topics and themselves in an effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown in the stew. Now, if that's still not enough, we have some friends who make podcasts. There's the Tabletop Bellhop, your board game concierge, the Knights of the Night who make excellent APs, and Mastering Dungeons with Sean Merwin and Teos Abadia. They're still doing their 5th edition thing, and you can catch them on the podcasts or on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, How to RPG is by Sean P. Kelly of Gaming MBS. It's one of my favorite things going on on the internet on YouTube right now, and if you want a variety of games to talk about, go check it out over there. He is live on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern. Well, with that, this has been a Mr. Mark production, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Mic drop. We out.